Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1. FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets and Brendan Deutsch. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Um, I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. I, I wanted to give a shout out to Jihei Wiley because she could not be here on today's show. She always talks about the Clippers not getting enough love. So here's my Clippers love part. Uh, they're 19 and 15, three games back of first place in the Western Conference. And this is the time to make your push to the top. Everybody's healthy. Kawhi Leonard is playing good basketball. They're in Detroit tonight, a game that you should win. This is the Clippers' time to make a push. No, I'm I, I'm with you. I think this is the clearest, um, how do I say, the most wide-open NBA we've ever seen, except for the Lakers, right? And I know we'll get into that. So the Clippers have a chance. The Warriors, we see what they can do at home if they figure out their road struggles. I mean, the Clippers looked great until the last couple of minutes against the 76ers. I think we're forgetting that. Look, the dominant for a, a fair amount of that game. And we have to remember, it's tough to beat the 76ers because Embiid's a foul merchant. You know, it's just arguably the worst basketball anybody can ever watch. It's just him getting the ball for 10 seconds. He holds it, and then he gets to the line or makes a jump shot, which is why I never think he should win the MVP. That's a whole different conversation. Um but they have looked impressive, Armand. They have. They really have. I really think they can make a run. So we're talking to you guys uh, the day after Christmas. Uh, so we, we do have to get into the two uh, games uh, locally that happened on uh, Christmas Day. Um, one game kind of played out the way that, that we thought they did. We, we, we were kind of joking in our text exchange about how the majority of the Lakers games go this season. So the Lakers have an 11-point lead at halftime. You know that's not the end of the uh, game that's not the end of the story uh the thing is we thought at some point that they're gonna blow it but to be down by 20 points in the third quarter again you have an 11 point lead going into halftime and then to be down by third uh, sorry 20 points in the third quarter guys i mean it's we talk about it week after week day after day post game it's the same thing with this team and why i think the majority of fans i've talked to are are really struggling to find a reason to watch this team play because uh what the heck does the first half mean again i mean there's been so many times this season where they're down by 20 points come back take the lead you're thinking oh man this team has a ton of heart and they find a way to blow it late um again 11-point lead at halftime. You're at least hoping, thinking it's going to be a competitive game. To be down by uh, 20 points in the third quarter, a 30-plus point difference. Your guys' thoughts on that game on Christmas Day? 
I thought it was classic Lakers basketball. And the problem is that it's become a theme. Anthony Davis is obviously a huge part of their defense, but their defense is a joke. It's an abysmal defense. And my whole thing is you're sitting at 13 and 20 right now. And Anthony Davis's injury is a very vague injury that he could be back in two to three weeks. He could not be back the entire season. If he is back, best case scenario, in a few weeks, the Lakers next few games in Orlando, I think they're going to lose that game in Miami. I think they're going to lose that game in Atlanta. I think they're going to lose that game in Charlotte. It's a tough game to end a road trip which they just lost to that team. And then they come home, they get Miami, Atlanta, in Sacramento, in Denver. They could uh, potentially right here slide all the way down to maybe 12 games under 500. And then when Anthony Davis does come back, if he does come back, you're relying on him to play at an MVP level to just get you back into 10th place. I think, I'm sorry, I think it's over. I really, I think it's over. Yeah, I mean, it's relatively early. I, I, there's a lot going wrong for this team. I'll start by saying this, you know, us talking about Anthony Davis being an MVP candidate. I mean, it was true. We see their defense with him. I mean, they were ranked 11th when he got hurt. Um, now they're the worst defense in the league without him. He's averaging 27.4 points per game, 12.1 assists. Uh, or not rebounds, not assists. Right? That'd be crazy if he was averaging 12.1 <laughs> assists. Um, a true shooting percentage of 66.5. PER of 32, which is second to Jokic before he got hurt. Um, maybe third to Embiid as well. I have to look that up again. And then X, XRPM, top in the league. One of the top five, ten players in the league. So this is a guy that was on a fine MVP candidate. One of the more efficient players in the NBA offensively. And obviously one of the better defensive players in the league. So when you lose him... It's no surprise that they're starting to be awful. And again, I think we can judge them only by the last two games. Um, I, I just think the game where they didn't have Reeves was at the Kings game. So the last game, rather. Uh, you don't, you can't win that game without Austin Reeves. I'm sorry. That guy's been just awesome for them. Awesome. And you can't win that game with just LeBron, right? Christmas was a different story. You had the lead. It just it begs the question, like some of these guys, why are they out there if their defense is so bad? Why is Pat Bev on the floor if their defense is so bad? Why is Troy Brown Jr. even getting minutes? You know what I'm saying? And then Christian Wood for 35 points. What does Darvin Ham not even want to play a center? You know, it was it it was shocking. And Jovan Buha, our friend, tweeted this out. The Lakers had a current lineup on the court at one point of Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Dennis Schroeder. And then he said that has to be the smallest lineup that's played in the NBA this season. People are starting to question Darvin Ham's legitimacy as a head coach, and we're not even halfway into his first year. The 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 things that people have been concerned about the list keeps growing larger and larger by the game and this organization has shown no ability to dig themselves out of a hole so i really do think the tires the wheels are about to fall off if yeah, they and, haven't already and the problem is i mean you were in a position there when uh, davis was showing that he could be the most valuable player in the league i mean he, he was showing why people had been talking about him in terms of being a top five player with him being out and buckets, you brought it up. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Again, the team probably has a pretty good idea in terms of if this is 
a season-long thing? Is this a one-month thing? Again, a very cryptic update to his injury status where he was going to be out for at least one month, and now he's out indefinitely, which could mean past the month. It could be sooner. I'm assuming past the one-month period. Again, no surgery, but I think the reason for no surgery is they they, want to see if there's a way to get him back on the court. But we've been talking about this guy for two years now. Beyond two years, but really the past two years post the uh, championship that they won. When he goes up for a layup, when he goes up for a rebound, like anything he does, you're worried he's going to get hurt. And it happens. I mean, we've seen it happen enough times where um, there's not a ton of confidence that, listen, like if he gets cleared to come back, how long will he stay on the court for? So the the, the, the big question is, if they can't compete for a playoff spot, a, a, a play-in spot, what's the point of making a trade? I mean, you really do have to protect your future picks um, because there there was a, a, a brief window there. When Davis was healthy and playing like a most valuable player candidate, you're thinking, okay, the West is wide open. Let's go all in. Let's try to put this team together to 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 compete. At this point, there's no point, right? I mean, why would you make a trade where you give up even one future first round pick? Completely yeah. agree. And and also to touch on this game against the Mavericks again, forty three points given up in the first half, fifty one in the in the third quarter alone. Teams are starting to realize something about the Lakers. Basically, they're they're realizing that if we just play hard for maybe one quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, this team will completely fold. When you've reached that level, it's basic. I, I really don't see how you can return from that. And it's not like the Lakers have the the adequate talent day in and day out. LeBron is playing out of his mind recently, and it just doesn't matter because the rest of the team is just not good enough. And when you look at making a trade, it's not one or two pieces I think that this team needs. It's first and foremost, the health of Anthony Davis, which as you mentioned, Arash, is always a huge question mark. And then what? You need multiple perimeter defenders. You probably need another big man. You need multiple things to even, I think, compete um, for for the Western Conference. I mean, it begs the question too, Arash, like, remember when they almost had that protest outside of Rob's office or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I mean, when are they going to do that again? Uh, because it's getting to the point, like, it's not even Jeannie, Jeannie's fault. I'm not even putting this on Jeannie. It's Rob's fault, right? She hired Rob and this roster is one of the worst rosters ever assembled. And I want to admit I was wrong in the offseason. I was right about Lonnie Walker being good. Uh, and that's about it with this roster and construction. I thought that Beverly bringing in would bring defense. He's obviously forgot how to play defense. And his offense has gotten it, substantially worse. Talk about someone who's washed. We talk about Chris Paul being washed this season. And that may be true. I mean, Beverly's washed to a whole different level. The difference between last year, Beverly, and this year, Beverly is insane. And look, Lonnie Walker's been great, but Lonnie Walker is still a young player. What they need to prioritize this offseason, you're right, Arash, do not make the trade, keep their picks. We read the reports this morning, I'm sure all of you saying they're hesitant to make these trades. Genius, because the way LeBron is playing right now, you don't think he can play even 85% of that next year? Of course he can. He doesn't age. He's going to be great next year. And Davis, if he can be healthy, I know that's a big if, and you have that, and then you have so much money to spend this offseason. Do do not waste it. 
prepare for next year. We don't know what the NBA is going to look like next year. We just yeah. don't. Obviously, we talk about Armand teams are getting better, like New Orleans, Memphis. Congratulations. What happens if the Lakers get you know, a team similar to 2020, where they spend uh, money the correct way, they allocate it the correct way to like, three and D guys, KCP get like three of them with LeBron and Davis. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden they're championship contender next year. I think that's what they got to prioritize this offseason. And I actually agree with the Lakers keeping their picks right now. By the way, that protest was the most embarrassing thing of all time. It happened outside of Staples Center. Like 20 people showed up. Clipper Daryl showed up just to mock the Laker fans. And listen, the addendum to that story is the Lakers go on to win the championship that season. So, you know, I, I think I think a lot of times prior to a turnaround happening, we think it's doom and gloom. You got to sell the team. Listen, I'm not saying Rob is the most amazing GM. He's not a great GM, but, um, you know, things have to work out in your favor. I mean, going back to that 2020 team, all the chips were in the bucket for Kawhi. I mean, they really thought they were going to get Kawhi, so they let a lot of guys go off the board. And so when they finally put that team together, I mean, they they, they kind of piecemealed that team together where, um, you know, Dwight was pretty much, uh, like, done. He was out of the league. He was on a non-guaranteed contract. They get Rondo. They get Danny Green. I mean, they, they, they really put together that, that, that team with the pieces that were still available to them. So, but, but they all fit right like they all got their role they all knew what they had to do and um not to belabor the point but i mean it is still amazing to me you know that 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 they quit on that team so quickly uh it was you know when you look at guys that they would love to have right now you know you know kcp caruso uh kuzma i mean i mean if they could put that same team together they would uh speaking of next season Let's uh, talk about that Rams game yesterday. Again, uh, this is the best the Rams have looked all season. Again, the Broncos are a dumpster fire. But listen, they've had a good defense this year. So for the Rams to put up 51 points, incredible. Cam Akers, if you selected Cam Akers in your fantasy draft prior to the season, you got to be kicking yourself because there's a good chance Cam had a good game for some somebody else because he's just been non-existent this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield perhaps either playing for a starting job somewhere else, maybe things, listen, like let me play under the Sean McVay system, Stafford's maybe not going to be 100%. Let's see what I could do here. Um, the one thing I've said about the Rams is I don't know how good they can be next year, but if Stafford comes back, Cooper Cup is healthy, Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, listen, the, the good thing about Sean McVay, as I will say this, this is the only bad season he's had. So I I, I, I don't think he's the type of coach that's going to retire and walk off into the sunset following a below for 500 season. Um, what does this game mean? I mean, I, I think it means that the Rams are still a contender next year. Again, they have, they will they will make some moves, but I do think the pieces are in place for them to contend. Yeah, um, I'll start by saying this. I mean, it was a dominant win. There's no way around. People were saying on Twitter, like, oh, it's the Bronx. Who cares? Winning 51 to 14 is hard in the NFL, right? I don't care who you're playing. The Rams looked great. Baker Mayfield looked fantastic. I know we were ta- we were saying, oh, the Rams... What are they doing after last week against the Packers? Well, look what happened. Now the Packers are all of a sudden in the midst of a playoff race, and that game was relatively close for most of the game last weekend. So the Rams, once they get healthy, I agree with you, Arash. They need to 
really spice up and improve the offensive line. And once they do that, they have the pieces. Bobby Wagner has been one of the best linebackers in the league. Ramsey looked elite yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of times he was slacking this season, but he has his great games and he has his bad games. That really hasn't been a different factor this year. I mean, even last year, he was bad in some games and amazing in others. You know, Aaron Donald's hurt. They still were able to sack a quarterback fair amount Wilson yesterday, right? Like six times. So, I mean, Floyd's playing great. They have the pieces to succeed. Going to be about what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Now that's the big question. Do you sign him as a backup quarterback? Does he want to go somewhere else? Does Stafford get the arm surgery? You know what I'm saying? We just don't know any of these factors because right now, if I'm Sean McVay and I saw the way Stafford was playing on early in the season, do you go and get that surgery and roll with Baker to start the season next year? I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but I, I just I don't think it means anything. I think that the Broncos, uh, I'm sure you guys saw the, the sideline meltdown that they had yet again. That team is a mess. And yes, beating a team by, what, 37 points is an accomplishment in the NFL. I do agree with that. But I just think that this Rams team is... Even at their best right now, I still think that they are not a a contender. With a healthy Matt Stafford, with everybody back and healthy, I think that they are a few major pieces away from contending for a title. I mean, we see it, Brandon. We see your 49ers. They are a juggernaut right now, and that's the bar that you have to reach um, as Brandon is crossing his fingers. That's the bar that you have to reach if you're the Rams, and I don't think that they are that close to reaching that bar. You know, for whatever reason, the pieces didn't fit for this team. Uh, they were three and one, I want to say. I mean, they they, they, they they were pretty good through the first four games of the season. Then the wheels completely fell off. You could tell, though, something wasn't right with this team. And uh, the, the, the thing is, I think that the guys that they lost were not just... They didn't just lose a, a player here and there. They lost Andrew Whitworth. They lost Vaughn Miller. They lost Odell Beckham Jr. They, they lost guys who had really become captains on this team, and uh, they had a hard time replacing those players. That being said, a little bit like the Lakers, where I was so upset that they broke up that team a year after they won a championship, this team a year ago won the championship. Now, I'm not saying... Uh, don't tweak things here and there, but this is not a team that if they're healthy and playing together, they're, they're not a below 500 team. This is a contending team. Now, listen, as Brandon knows, things have to go your way for you to win a championship. Again, it, it, I mean, like everything fell in line for the Rams to win the championship. If, if, if the 49ers don't, um, beat Green Bay. I don't think the Rams go into Green Bay and beat them. Obviously, San Francisco has to drop a clear-cut DZ pick for the Rams to advance. If Cincinnati doesn't beat the Chiefs, I don't think the Rams beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, so I mean, you know, things have to go your way. That being said, let's focus on this before we head to break. The Baker Matthew Stafford thing. Baker Mayfield does play extremely well here, and Sean McVay has always liked Baker. That's that's the reason why he rolled the dice on them. I mean, there was no reason that the Rams being in the position that they're um, in now for him to sign them. He signed them because I don't know where the confidence is in Stafford being himself again, moving forward. Last two minutes, if you're Sean McVay, 
I mean, do you do you kind of say, hey, hey, Baker, you're you're not only going to come back to to be the backup, quote unquote, but you can't compete here. Yeah, I'll I'll just start really quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I brought up again. Stafford's arm. We're going to go into the offseason. What do they have? I think it helps them and benefits everybody, all parties involved. If Baker comes back and returns. Arma. I don't I don't think you're wrong, Brandon, but I also don't trust Baker Mayfield in a, in a larger sample size. I think we've seen what he is. Now, this is a marriage that has has worked. And I don't think that you should just abandon something if it's working. Let's see what happens the last two games, a little bit larger of a sample size then. But I'm just I'm sorry, I'm not a believer. If you're going to have Matthew Stafford get the surgery, Baker's probably your best option, but I don't know if that is a great option. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. There's a reason that he got cut. There's a reason that he's on his uh, you know, third team in one year plus. That being said, I think we've seen what he's done these last three games. Again, the, the, the Packers game was a tough loss, comes back. I mean, he's had two amazing games at home. I mean, those, those, those have been two of the most exciting games that the Rams have played all year. And um, yeah, listen, if I'm Baker, let me see how I play for one more year with Sean McVay. Okay, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez when we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, Hawaii caller hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, Fernando Ramirez was about to join us. He uh, has a f- flat tire, uh, not doing uh, so well. Hopefully the Chargers don't get a flat tire on their way to a victory tonight against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, real quick, let's touch on that game with without Fernando, and then we'll talk about some other things. Uh, listen, this Chargers team is getting healthy at the right time. Uh, if they win tonight, they're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, big difference from a year ago where, you know, their season comes to an end in Las Vegas, a tough loss, but now they're in the postseason. A, your thoughts on this team, but B, has, has Sean, uh, Sean McVay, has Brandon Staley done enough to save his job? I mean, because we're now hearing reports that Sean Payton is putting together a, a, a superstar staff of coaches. You know, he's reached out to Vince Fafagio um, as his defensive coordinator, talked to other coaches out there. 
we've made no mistake about it. Again, Sean Payton lives near us here in the South Bay. Um, he loves it out here. I'm not saying he's going to be the, the next coach of the uh, Chargers or the Rams, probably not the Rams, but what what does Brandon Staley have to do? I mean, is making the playoffs enough if they make the playoffs and lose that first game? Could he be replaced? Um, your thoughts on this uh, Chargers team? Yeah, yeah, I'll start. Um, I, I think this is a good team. I think if Tim Lee was here, he would be very happy about his Chargers. That or his second team, he's always been because he's a Patriots fan, but he's always high on the Chargers um, before the year, thinking they could go to the Super Bowl. And I, you know, we talked about this last week how the AFC is so much more wide open than, than the NFC at this point. It seems like the NFC is a three-team race, right? I mean, a rush, and I'll give the Cowboys as that third team for you. Um, but the Cowboys, <laughs> Niners, and Eagles, right? It's a three-team. Seems like no one, maybe the Vikings, considering they find a way to win close games, but I don't trust Kirk in the playoffs, right? The AFC, the Chargers get in and play the Chiefs, and I've said this a zillion times, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same year. Look what happened to the 49ers against the Rams. If they get in and they play the Chiefs, I mean, this is all, this is a whole different story. I mean, I, I still think they need to win one playoff game for Brandon Staley to keep his job because I think they have the roster to do so. And I know yeah. it's tough without Rashawn Slater. At the same time, what I want to see um, throughout the rest of the season is more touchdown passes. Last year, Herbert had 38, right? First year, he had 31. He's 21. And he's nine interceptions. So their red zone efficiency is still abysmal. They they don't throw enough touchdown passes. He's getting the yards, Herbert. Like he's having great first and second down play calls, Staley, but his third down play calling's been a little bit suspicious this year. Uh, I do want to see a little bit more. I want to see a playoff win from the Chargers because I think at this after the Dolphins lost yesterday, it's almost a guarantee the Chargers will be in the playoffs if they win two of their last three games, right? Yeah. So I do want to see a win. I don't know. You guys can attest to that or not. I don't know. I I completely agree, Brandon. I think he does need to get a postseason win. And then the other thing is that he can't have a meltdown type of performance when the next morning's news cycle is talking about how Brandon Staley blew the game for the Chargers. If that happens, I don't think he survives, um, even if he maybe wins a playoff game. But looking ahead at their upcoming schedule, you just beat the Dolphins. Great win. You beat the Titans. You have to beat the the Colts. You have to beat the Rams. And you have to beat the Broncos. You should win the next three games and ride out this season. As Brandon, you just you just had some news that you saw. What what just happened? Nathaniel Hackett just fired. I was surprised yeah. he was fired. He should have been fired right after that game, Arash. I was surprised he held a job 10 more hours, right? Guys, here's the thing. There are sometimes in professional sports, not just professional sports. I mean, I, I can attest to it. I mean, having covered USC, I, I was covering that game in Tempe where we're in the press box saying, jokingly, that we don't know if Kiffin's going to survive the flight and then they fire him on the uh, tarmac. There are some losses where it's so clear that the coach has lost the a team. And now when a coach loses a team... That's it. You, I mean, it doesn't matter if there's only one game left in the season or two games left in the season. If a coach has lost the team, that's done. You cannot continue at that point. And so, yeah, the um, Hackett news today that he got fired, no shock. I mean, guys, I have not really seen too many uh, 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 teams blow up on the sidelines the way that that Denver Broncos team did in terms of you have offensive linemen chirping, chirping at the backup quarterback. 
uh, you know, at the, the the actual starting quarterback role, you know, and 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 then post game, you know, I think uh, they they had a Broncos player swing. I don't know if he connected, but uh, with a Los Angeles Rams player. So, yeah, listen, I mean, you you cannot lose the team the way that he did. And uh, so now, listen, that's a, a prime job. Now, I don't know. If the, the, there's no job as prime as this Chargers job because of Justin Herbert, because of the talent they have on this team. That being said, I think the reason that Sean McVay is on a super hot seat is because Sean, McVay, Sean Payton is not a normal coach. He is a Super Bowl winning coach with a track record of working with elite quarterbacks. And so th- this isn't think a, a situation where, hey, this coach is so bad, we have to just move on from him and we'll figure out what to do next. Your number two guy is there. Like Sean Payton is there. He has moved to Southern California. He lives in Southern California. He lives, you know, 10 minutes away from where you want to build your future practice site. So, um, yeah, crazy news uh, here. Uh, Broncos fire head coach Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and he goes four and 11. Uh, and again, 51-14, that last loss for him. Uh, guys, let's now uh, switch gears. There was a ton of games in the NBA last night. Again, Christmas night. Used to be only about hoops. Again, a lot of pro football games as well. Let's spend a couple minutes talking about talking about Nikola Jokic. Um, and we were, we were talking about him right before the break what he's doing on the court, and whether it's because it's happening in Denver, whether it's because it's the Nuggets, whether it's whatever the reason, one of the greatest players this league has, has ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't be more just enamored with Jokic's game. And I'll say this a thousand times. I said this on you know the Baller Sports Dialogue podcast that I do with Grant Mona as well. Like, the reason why he doesn't get a lot of love is he doesn't play this glamorous, sexy type of basketball. A lot of people want to see like John Morant, like jump out of the gym, dunk on people. You know, it's very, it just comes so natural to him. He doesn't force shots. You double him. He finds the open guy. Every time you go one-on-one with him, he'll take the 20 footer. If you give him space or he'll body you with the post move and he's getting better defensively. I mean, his true shooting percentage is 68.5, one of the top in the league for his usage percentage, 25.4 points per game, 11 rebounds, 9.4 assists. Uh, you, you can't say anything. I mean, leading the league in PER, I think his PER is 34, 30, 33. Yeah, leading the league. And again, that would be another almost record. No one's ever had a 33 PER, so he could do that. Um, he was the only person to ever get 31-32 PER in the history of the game. Again, did they allocate that for some of Wilt's seasons? Probably not. But you can make the argument that he's statistically the best and most efficient player the league has seen since Wilt Chamberlain. And I don't think that's that's even an overstatement to say. And uh, yes, voter fatigue we have to take into account. But if the Nuggets finish first in the Western Conference, how are you going to tell me that he doesn't deserve the MVP? Again, you know what I'm saying, Armand? No, I, I completely agree. It's it's tough because of the season that Tatum is having, but when you look at Jokic, you can't ignore it. I mean, he right now he should be the leading candidate for MVP again. And if they do finish in first, now my question is, if they do finish in the top two, top three, this is going to sound a little bit disrespectful to Denver, but do you guys actually believe in this team in the postseason? Absolutely, because they're offense. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, there's no doubt about it. But again, you, we keep talking about the bubble and in what happened in Florida. I mean, I, I really thought that that team was on the cusp of something great. And uh, again, they come back from three-one down to beat the Clippers. They, they came back from two-three-one deficits, I believe. Right. Anyway, they, they go to the conference finals, and I'm thinking, man, like, 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 like this team is back now. What happened was any team that played in the conference finals and was in the bubble for close to a, a hundred days, people forget they were susceptible to guys getting hurt, and that's what what happened. And, and so. Um, I guess the question for you guys is how good can they be? Because according to Las Vegas, what we thought at the beginning of the season is still the prohibitive favorite right now in terms of Milwaukee and the Celtics in the in uh, in the uh, um, in the um, Eastern Conference and the Clippers and Golden State in the West. I mean, can the Nuggets sneak in there? Absolutely. I think we first got to also give credit where credit's due to the Nets who have won like nine straight games. 100%. Almost like, yeah. You know what I mean? They, I mean, I'm checking the record right now. Not, not nine, nine straight because they lost to... Well, actually, yeah. No, nine straight. But, right? Win, but, win, but Brandon, win, the, win, win, win. The best record in the league since they made the coaching change. I mean, so that's a big stat yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Nine straight. I was right. Can't believe I questioned my own stuff. I should trust myself <laughs> a little more. Um, yeah, nine straight. I mean, Durant is another guy in the MVP convo. I know Armand brings up Tatum, and you know, I'm not trying to say that just advanced statistics is the way to go because obviously there's the eye test. I played the game at a high level. Armand, you played the game at a high level. We know how good Tatum is, and we know how good the Celtics are. And there are some things that are stats are unexplainable. But Tatum has a 25 per. Jokic has a 33 almost. So there's like a huge deep. Uh, discrepancy and efficiency, which is why Jokic has the edge if they win the division. Plus, the Celtics are a better basketball team. So that's, that's my argument against Tatum right now, as good as he is. And Tate, don't even get me started with the foul merchant. We're, we're, we refrain from talking about MB. There will be no foul merchant discussions right now. I just hate the way that guy plays basketball, but I'm not denying his dominance. Obviously, he's dominant. Nuggets have a chance. Grizzlies have a chance. Pelicans have a chance. Warriors and Clippers have a chance. I don't think the Suns have a chance. Call me crazy. I think DeAndre Aiden's this year's Ben Simmons. The guy forgot how to play basketball. I don't care that he had 24 points at 16 rebounds yesterday. He can't hit free throws. His jump shot was better when I played him in AAU at 15, seven threes. I mean, the guy is like, he was better then. I mean, the guy forgot how to play basketball. That's serious concern. Chris Paul sucks. Cam Johnson injury, right? Like, Devin Booker and Macau Bridges are really like, they're two guys right now. Armand, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Phoenix... Phoenix is a fraud team. I, I agree with what you're saying, although I do want to see... I, I, I agree about Phoenix. I want to see what they get for Jay Crowder still, and I want to see Cam Johnson get healthy. But w the teams that you named against Denver, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, I'm sorry, I think I'm taking all of those teams over the Nuggets in a best-of-seven series, which is why it's just... As much as I love the Joker and what he's doing, I need to see them do something. This is a regular season award. He should win the MVP if he continues this. But I need to see them do something in the postseason. And the reason why I don't trust the Nuggets is because, okay, Jamal Murray's looking like Jamal Murray. But who's your third guy? I don't trust Michael Porter Jr. I don't trust consistently Aaron Gordon. And then a guy that they were relying on so heavily in Bones Highland has basically been relegated to a nothing role 
in the last few games. So I don't know. I look at that team, and you, you we've heard what John Morant said about the Western Conference. We know what the Pelicans are with a healthy Zion. We know what Golden State is, and we know what the Clippers can be. I, I just, I don't know. The Nuggets are a great team, but I just, I think that they're not quite good enough. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's one of those those teams where you look at uh, teams with two superstars, and I, I, I we'll see where Jamal Murray is, but N- Nikola Jokic, when you look at what he's done, uh, you know, I think they're like always going to be in the conversation. They're a, a, a playoff team, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you you need to have that that next piece for you to become a championship team, and I, I don't know if they're there quite yet. Um, we uh, hinted at it. We began the show, Armani Buckets. You mentioned them, but let's spend a little bit more time on the uh, Clippers now. When we talk about the West being kind of wide open still, I mean, no, no, again, no one's totally going to believe in the Grizzlies and the Pelicans and teams like that until they prove it come playoff time. Now, I'm not saying that the Clippers have proved themselves come playoff time, but we've seen Kawhi win a couple of championships. We've seen Paul George lead the Clippers to the conference finals. Where do we stand on the Clippers? I mean, if um, they're healthy, do, do, do they have to do something for them? Is it just a, a, as simple as health? Do they just have to stay healthy and be consistent? Because again, the one thing that we have not seen from this team is them to be consistently healthy. They'll go on a nice run. And then whether someone gets hurt or they impose load management, they have not been consistently good this season. What did what did Ty Lu say? He said something like, "I want to see us stay healthy for 15 games in a row, or something, before yeah. I start to talk." I co- I mean, yeah, that's the story of the Clippers. But if they are healthy, with Kawhi Leonard playing the way he's playing lately, Paul George being Paul George, the biggest thing for them, for me, is establishing that third guy again. We I just said it with the Denver Nuggets. When you have top two guys, that's great, but. When we look at the bubble Lakers, LeBron and Davis, and then who's that third guy? Kuzma steps up on certain nights. Caruso on certain nights. Who is the third guy for the Clippers? And for me, consistently, it should be Norman Powell. And if they can get him playing at that level and be a third guy that is not, you don't need him to be great night in and night out, but consistently you know that, all right, we're going to get 15 to 20 points from Norm Powell to help us out. This road trip, by the way, they're in Detroit, they're in Toronto, they're in Boston, and in Indiana all this week. Can they go 3-1? and Can they make a move up the Western Conference? I'm really curious to see how they perform this week. Yeah, I look, I think with the Clippers, I think there's a couple things we have to keep in mind. I mean, Armani Buckets was the first person to say this, the center issue. Do you rely on Diabate to be the backup center in a playoff series? Because you're going to get murdered by Jokic playing Zubac the whole game and not having a backup. Rocco, they just extended, who's a great defender. They don't even play him. When we look at the talent of this roster, I'm not denying uh, Ty Lue's brilliance as a head coach defensively. I think he's a defensive, he's brilliant defensively. There's no doubt about it. His rotations are a little questionable, I'm not going to lie sometimes. Why Marcus Morris is, is in the game half the time taking those, I mean, I know he makes them, but those awful what are they 25 26 footers like right in between the uh, right above the three-point line awful right terrence man needs to get more playing time 63 percent true shooting percentage 
Um, look, there's just uh, Brandon Boston Jr. Maybe more playing time. Rocco, they just signed one of the best defenders, notably. I know he's you know deteriorated in production over the past couple of years, but I mean he doesn't even get minutes. And this is a guy that could play the small ball for could have more minutes over a Marcus Morris or Reggie Jackson, who's been just abysmal. No offense to Reggie Jackson. But I think he needs to figure out some rotations over the next couple of weeks because there are some pieces that the Clippers could use in Robert Covington in more minutes for Terrence Mann. And yes, they knew, they do need to get a, not a Miles Turner, but another big that is mobile and can stretch the floor because that would help them immensely in a playoff series. I think they're one piece away. Last question before we, um, you know, wrap up today. Again, a weird uh, kind of, you know, post Christmas uh, show. A lot of people taking some uh, time off today. College Bowl season coming up. We've got USC heading to the Cotton Bowl uh, tomorrow. That game will be January second. We got the Fiesta Bowl. We've got the Peach Bowl. I think, uh, Brandon. I, I think it's it's kind of a lock for a uh, Georgia, which is why I, I was not bummed about USC losing the Pac-12 championship game. As crazy as that sounds, because I said they're gonna win the Pac-12 and get blown out by Georgia in the Peach Bowl by uh, two touchdowns, or they're going to lose the Pac-12 championship game and maybe win a pretty good uh, bowl like the Cotton Bowl. Your your thoughts there? I mean, it's great. What a time to be a USC alum, right, Arash? I mean, at the same time, I'm standing by it. I do think they're going to win the CFP next year. If Caleb can even be 90% of himself, they'll outscore everybody. They need two defenders still. They improved getting the transfer from ASU, right? Is it Arizona or ASU? ASU or Arizona? The wide receiver, the top wide receiver transfer in the country they got. So they'll be great next year. I'm with you, Arash. I personally don't think Tulane should have been in this game. They're going to get blown out. Um, if Caleb plays, they just will. There's no doubt about it. It's not a great football team. Again, that's a whole different conversation, but this is still a positive year for USC football, considering where we were last year. Very great year. Yeah. Did you did yeah. you mention Arash, sorry to cut you yeah. off. Did you mention the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? No, is that the UCLA Bowl? Are they in the Tony yes, the Tiger it, Sun yes, Bowl? It is. El Paso? Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Uh listen. Uh, I have, no, I have no issue with the number of bowl games. I know there's a ton of people out there saying, listen, we don't need the, you know, like the, the Casparilla Bowl or the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. This time of year, there's not a ton happening. So, I mean, if I could turn on the TV at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and there's a bowl game happening, I'm watching it. I do think the Cotton Bowl is a positive bowl. Yes, listen, the opponent to Brandon's point is not a big opponent. Like Tulane, no, no one thinks of Tulane. At the end of the day, the Cotton Bowl, I still think, is one of the significant bowls. It's a top six bowl. It's a New Year's six bowl. So I mean, if you can finish out this season going uh, twelve and two and winning the Cotton Bowl, and Caleb wins the Heisman, and you go into the next season with Caleb Williams perhaps being the number one team in the country, a positive, positive season there. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.